for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 302 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. That's right. He's back from the most magical place on earth. Our buddy Will's back in the saddle. I am, I am. Man, uh, I gotta say, having our buddy Steve sit in in person for Blue Harvest. Sheesh. That was a good time. Magical. Yeah, man. It was, it was good. You know, Steve and I have been working on the the video game podcast project but to have him back on a blue harvest after so long and like be vaccinated and just hang out with a buddy right that's a good time right it sounds like it i'm jealous um yeah yeah uh so we've got some cool stuff to talk about this week we will be getting will's thoughts on the second episode of the bad batch of course since he wasn't here last week and we'll be talking about the third episode, The Replacements, or Replacements, or whatever the fuck. Um, and a couple other smaller things. And we'll be hearing from you guys this week, uh, from our Moisture Farmer buddies. We got a lot of um, emails and voicemails to cover. <coughs> um, before we do that, though, a couple of quick things. We're going to give you the business and a small programming note. Next week, we are taking the week off from the show because jesse and i have to go out of town we're going to texas for her niece's high school graduation so no episode next week but we will be back the following like the week of like what is it june 4th i think (laughs) so uh sorry about that but it happens um it does happen. Yeah, not a big deal. We'll be covering two episodes of uh, Bad Batch that week too, and then yeah. uh, I think we'll be good. I don't think I don't foresee having to take any uh, further weeks off of that. Knock on wood. Wood. Um, besides that, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod, and check out our YouTube channel. Uh, big shout out to everybody that's been checking out the uh archived stream of our 300th episode on the youtube channel 
and leaving comments and stuff. We definitely appreciate that. And um, we have a Patreon. If you guys really enjoy the show and you want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And when you sign up, you get access to all of our bonus podcast episodes that we post on our Patreon exclusive feed. Um, I have been doing my immediate reactions to episodes of The Bad Batch. Those are up there. I'll be staying up real late tonight to watch the newest episode and record one of those for you guys. So it'll be up there. It'll actually be up before this episode goes up, honestly. Oh We're goodness. fucking fucking around with time. Like in that Doctor Strange movie. Dormammu, I've come to negotiate. Dormammu. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> um, so yeah, once again, that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And big thanks to all our current patrons. You guys are the best. So, buddy, I haven't talked to you about it much. I wanted to save it for the show. I did get a very uh, lovely FaceTime call from inside Galaxy's Edge last Friday. I actually yeah. woke up to a missed FaceTime call, which I missed it because I stayed up late the night before watching The Bad Batch and uh, was asleep. But I did get to talk to you uh, and check out a little bit of Galaxy's Edge from FaceTime. How was Disney? How was the trip? It was great. It was absolutely great. Um, I can't complain about anything. You know, he, he took it like a champ and... Uh... You know, he had his momentary meltdowns, but that's going to happen. You know, they're so tired yeah. and everything. But he went all day, and uh, we got we pretty much rode everything we went to ride. So, you know, it was great. So his first, he enjoyed his first Disney trip is what you're saying. Had a good old time. He did. There was a downside. You know, my kid that loves Ghostbusters and Godzilla. There's no know, Ghostbusters thought- or Godzilla to be seen. Well, it's not that. I thought he would be fine on the Haunted Mansion oh, and the Tower of Terror. He was not. Not so much. Not so much. The Haunted Mansion, he was like, uh, this is cool. I don't really like it. Like, I'm cool. I'm cool. But like, uh, um, I'm really ready for the end of this. Uh, yo, and, uh, you didn't tell me I was going to be in the presence of actual fucking ghosts. And Dad. I kept telling him, like, these aren't real ghosts. You know, this is TV. <laughs> you know, this is not I real don't know. ghosts. I'm looking at like him. It. I I'm, see him. He's seeing, he's like, mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, the Tower of Terror, pieces. He crumbled to pieces. Like, there's that, you know, in retrospect. I've never been like, on the Tower of Terror. Have, it's been so long. Like, I forgot that there's the little Twilight Zone intro where, like, there's some spooky-looking, staticky, TV staticky ghost things. And, uh, you know, they do the whole Twilight intro, which probably, for you know, for a four- or five-year-old is terrifying. You know, there's a clock through space and then a shattering window and then an eyeball and then you know boom you're in the twilight zone like that's probably horrifying you know this doesn't make any sense you know on an elevator that's gonna shoot you up and drop you down like uh, you know i have fond memories of it being spooky and fine but like i broke my kid because he came off he was like that made me cry i hate that i do not want to do that ever again did he say that he said yes yes and um, like the rest of the day, I'd be like, so what was your favorite thing today? What is it? Well, not the Tower of Terror. It terrified him. Like, I couldn't get him to let go of Like, I couldn't Poor rewrite buddy. the wrong. But, uh, I, you know, we did palate cleanser after that. We did the 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 race car, the cars, the Lightning McQueen 
show and we did the Muppets 3D, which I told them was one of my favorites growing up. I love Muppets 3D. Um, it was great. It was great. We did Star Tours. We did the Rise of the Resistance. We uh, I had to wake up at like, you know, like 6.50 a.m. to get in the digital queue. And then we got like the fifth slot. So we had to be there by 9.30. And I mean, we pushed it. We were there by, you know, 9.20. But, you know, we but went you, right in. Is it? Uh, so everybody I know that has has been on Rise of the Resistance has nothing but glowing reviews. Is it as incredible as people tell me it is? Yeah, yeah. It's that good. It's pretty damn good. Oh, man. I'm so um, jealous. Did you Did you ride the Millennium Falcon? No. No. I did not ride the Millennium Falcon. <clears throat> I gotcha. I, uh, I did not realize that was one you could do, I guess. But, uh... Yeah, they've got one where you it's, you can actually, like, pilot the Millennium Falcon. And there's, like, four different cool. roles. There, you can be a pilot. You can be one of the two pilots. One of the, No, the, I guess it's six. I don't know. Maybe two engineers, two gunners, and two pilots. Um, man. Uh, so... I'm not trying to give anything away in the ride, but some of the effects are kick-ass. In Rise right? of the Resistance? Like, right. In Rise of the Resistance. So we're moving so fast in the line... Like I'm taking pictures for you of like of stuff that's in the line, you know, like like the big hangar where there's like the huge hangar where there's all the troops, but also like cases of thermal detonators just opened up. Right. Like, like you're, you know, all the different Star Wars blasters in in, you know, like gun lockers, you know, and like all the different flight suits, you know, in, uh -huh, like uh -huh. you're just walking past all this cool shit you know, on the way to the ride, and you're just like, wow, wow, everything's blowing your mind. And then you get to the ride, and then the, the uh, it's got to be the dream job, because these Disney folks are paid, they're dressed up like Imperial officers, interrogation officers, and they are shit-talking you. They're making fun of you, like, to your face. Like, they're not being nice. They're telling you where to go. Like, if you're standing in your way, like, this dude was one punk ass to me because I was, like, standing too far in his way, and he shooed me out of the way. Like, <laughs> they are... In full character the whole time as first order officers, man. Um, and then you go on the ride and it's just kick ass. One of the cool things, uh, you know, you take incoming fire, and one of the ways they make that laser fire come at you and across you like is pretty neat. It's just really, it's an awesome effect how they pull that off. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, I've seen quite a bit of like pictures and footage and stuff right. from the ride, like. So there's a part where you get on like a, a transport ship, right? Right. And there's like a, a guy and you're watching. Uh, that part seems pretty cool. Like, and that's before you're even on the actual ride, right? Um, Like you get on a ship and there's like animatronic, like, I don't know, maybe an animatronic Mon Cal or, or Nyan Num or something. I can't remember. Um, You would know better than I do. It all happened so fast. It all I'm happened. So did sure. did you take Liam on Rise of the Resistance? Oh, you do. I remember what you're talking about. I do see the the Admiral Akbar. Yeah, the Mon Cal. Yeah, I remember who you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Liam went on that ride. He did. Did he like it? He did. He did. He liked it a lot. Cool. That's awesome. He liked Star Tours too a lot. Oh. And I'll tell you this: they've updated Star Tours since um, Rise of the of Skywalker. Oh yeah, because you know when we went. I was a little bummed because I had never gotten to ride the new version of 
of Star Tours. So, you know, when we went in 2018, they were still sort of locked in the Last Jedi um, sort of mode. So it always ended with Crate, which was cool. We wrote it twice and basically got the same experience, though, which was a little bit of a bummer. Like, I think one of the coolest things about Star Tours is the randomness. And I kind of was hoping we would get, you know, a completely different experience. But, you know, I guess with it being as close to the release of The Last Jedi as it was, it was, you know, still in sort of that promotional mode or whatever. So what you, what did you, you jump, get to see? You jumped to the... Um Let's see. Uh, you jump to the big planet that the Death Star crashed on. Oh, really? That's cool. And you—he's having him. He's having problems starting the engines. So you splash around in the water for a minute, and then you hit hyperspace um, to the the final battle, like the final exegol. Oh, really? With all and the you, ships and stuff, and you help out in that one. Yeah. Oh. You help out in that battle. That's cool. R2 gets the guns working. Man, that's cool. Man, I, it's cool. I'm jealous. I'm so happy you guys had a good time and that Liam had a good time. Did so? Thanks. Did um, did you guys do Buzz Lightyear? Is Buzz yes. Lightyear? What did he think of that? He liked that a lot. There's another shoot 'em up that's uh, called Toy Story Mania, uh-huh. and it's kind of like a pop gun. Oh, and, like pull the pop gun from the back and it shoots. You know, little balls or pies. The um, the screen is like projective, so you, you know your little cannon is represented on the screen in front of you. The projectiles are on the screen, like you don't actually have anything coming out of there, but it looks like different stuff depending on the screen you're at. That's it's cool. really cool. That one's cool too. But yeah, he he dug the Buzz Lightyear laser thing too. Do you remember when I, this is one of my favorite Disney stories? I don't have a ton, obviously, but when we went and we were looking through my phone to find out like what fast passes were available. And I was like, Oh, we should do buzz Lightyear. I've heard that one's really cool. And Jesse was like, I don't know. I think that's a ride for babies. And I was like, no, trust me. And it's then, a competitive shoot em up. Yeah. As soon as we get on and she realizes like there's a competitive element and you're scored and you get to shoot shit. Like she had the biggest smile on her face. And then yeah. we, we get done with the ride and the guy goes like, you guys want to just ride it again? And before I can say anything, Jesse's like, yes. <laughs> and that's when we got stuck on the second ride is when we got stuck and yeah. just got to sit there and um, blast away yeah. at targets for like five minutes. Yeah, that was fun. I really liked that ride. Well, man, that's awesome. So what would you what did you think about, uh, you know, the overall experience of Batu of Galaxy's Edge? Like. You know, obviously, you're not going to feel 100% immersed. You're in a theme park. There's a ton of people I don't there. know, dude. I'll be honest with you. It's pretty damn close. Really? There are fake mountains in the distance mm-hmm. that when you drive by, you can see the illusion. But from the park, like, it's it's real immersive, those fake mountains in the distance. Plus, as soon as you hit Star Wars land, it's obvious. There's this big scoop out of this, you know, overhanging rock. You know, it's basically a tunnel. And it's like... Uh, Kind of like the Hoth ice, you know, the the ribbed pattern where uh-huh, you, uh-huh. the snow has been scooped. But it's just like sand or dirt or whatever. You can just see that. And then everything is Star Wars. Like all the lights, like all like the, you know, the street lights ever so often. Like every, all the drink stands. I saw like the droid have like droids attached to them and stuff, you know, oh. like 
like R2 droids, you know, all the Coke and the Sprite units, and it's all in Arabesh. Like, you can't read any of it. Like, it's all in... That's awesome. <laughs> Arabesh, and, like the Coke and Sprite. Um, and all the people that work there in character, obviously. Right. Did you... So, right. I guess they're, like, one of their... They've got a catchphrase, isn't it? Like, Bright Suns or something like that? Did anybody wish you Bright Suns or whatever? Uh, I didn't interact with enough. I gotcha. Park people, I, I guess, see, because... Like, I... I drank blue milk. I had the blue milk and the green milk. How were they? Adult flavored with the... You know, they come... You can get them virgin or, you know... Oh, you got, you got a little... In them. You got a little, little sauce in them. Sheesh! Yep. They were good. They <laughs> nice. were real good. They were different. You know, uh, the blue one is kind of citrusy, mm. and you're not expecting blue milk to be citrusy. It messes with your brain for a minute, but like, yeah. And what is it? Sort of like a slushy consistency or something like that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah basically. Did you try any of the food? Uh, no, did I did you not. Go we didn't get reservations at the cantina. Yeah. And yeah. you can't go in there unless you got a reservation. I gotcha. Uh, and the line, there, there was a line for the marketplace just to go in the marketplace. is like over an hour long. Woo. You know, every, lines everywhere, you know. <clears throat> Man, I can't wait to go. Man, that is awesome. Yeah, you, it, sent it me really some, awesome. Um, you sent me some pictures of some of, like, the merch and... Man, yeah, there's a lot of cool it was stuff. just kind of blowing my mind of how, you know, I recognized what was there, but it was so obscure, I guess, to me, to see, you know, holocrons or, you know, thing, you know, books modeled after the sacred Jedi text. You know, mm -hmm. it was just it was interesting to see all that. And they had the pimp daddy lightsabers, too, like, the, you know, yeah, yeah, four hundred dollar hilts. Yeah. And they're um, they're about to if they haven't already start selling the dark saber there. Oh, nice. I got to get one of those. Daddy Liam made his own lightsaber. Oh, he did the lightsaber experience? Yeah, yeah. Did you go it's in with him? It's not as much because, like, you can't really touch the stuff because of the pandemic. Like, you have, uh, like, a, a hostess that provides you with the options and, like, you know, kind of assembles it right in front of you. Oh, so you but, didn't get uh, to do the whole ceremony with the other No, no, guy. no. But still pretty cool, I bet. Yeah. Is that the cool. picture you sent me? Was him with his lightsaber? That was not his lightsaber, oh, okay. Okay. but that was uh, that was in the uh, gift shop where I found all the the gear basically. Yeah. In Hollywood Studios was all the Star Wars merch. Man, well that's awesome, buddy. That's rad. That's cool. <sighs> uh, and at Disney Springs is like the shopping place because there's Star Wars. A gift shop over there that's really kick-ass that's where the other pictures came from too galactic trading post or something like that yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah i mean it's for somebody who has never been there i i feel like i know a little bit just I because say, i got so you many sound like you have a vacation plan <laughs> i wish buddy i wish you know what's crazy um you know my cousin brooke and keith and their kids uh taylor and peyton yeah they were at disney the same week you guys were oh that's crazy yeah, I, I was like, oh, man, that'd be cool if they ran into each other. It would be. Um, yeah, man. So, <clears throat> um, man, that's real kick-ass. Did you see any cool Boba Fett merch? Um, I saw some, I saw, like, uh, there are a bunch of line of smaller helmets, like, mm -hmm. uh, in the Lego line. Yes, yes. <laughs> there are some, like, real life-size helmets of the Poe Dameron and, like, Tally Lintra and original Luke X-Wing helmets, like, and then there How are... How did they look? They, they, those weren't Hasbro, right? They weren't, like, Black Series I helmets. don't think so. How'd they look? 
They looked good. Cool. Like they looked pimp. Like cool. that's what Liam had on. Liam had on one of those helmets, and maybe they're just for kids. Like maybe. I, you know. Yeah, because it takes quite a helmet. Yeah, well, I was about to say it takes quite a helmet to fit this Funko Pop head I have. Do you know how stoked I was when I got the the Black Series Boba Fett helmet and that thing fit my head? Whew, sheesh! Um, there were Mandalorian uh, toys that had the whole entourage, like the whole everybody. Oh, like a gift set type thing. Yeah, yeah. little action figures. That's cool. Man, 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 man. I got to get there someday. Man. How busy was it? I don't know. Like, you know, I know we Disney, Disney. at this weird time. Mm-hmm. And because I'll tell you this. The reason my wife wanted to go was because she wanted to go for my son's birthday. But she figured it would be back at full capacity. When uh-huh. A lot of maskless people there by the time that happened. So we tried to go early enough that it was a little safer. At I think it was a 35% capacity. And um, and everyone had to wear their mask. But the very last day where they're there, the CDC said that if you're vaccinated, you know, you don't have to wear the mask outside and, you know, only when indoors. And then, you know, we get to the park and like there's a bunch of folks like damn near nobody's wearing the mask. And I'm like, what the fuck happens? <laughs> you know, it's real unsettling at first. And I'm like, oh, so, you know. But, you know, we, we kept the mask on just because, you know, you just never know. I, I, and he does, he's not vaccinated. So. Better safe than sorry, you know. Um, and I'm not going to make him wear it while I don't wear it. So, mm. you know, it's just, you know, it didn't, didn't it, it was unnerving at first. But, you know, like that's what, you know, it's because I've been in a pandemic for years. Why that shit's unnerving. Yeah, buddy, I'll tell you what, like, you know, Jesse and I, both hit our two week period after the vaccine and then that weekend she was like do you want to go get brunch or something i was like yeah let's do it i mean you know we're vaccinated you know we got to get back to like normal stuff sometime right right that first that first time out in public like eating at a restaurant for the first time in like a year and a half yeah it was nerve-wracking a little bit i'm not gonna lie like like, yeah. I, I was ready to get out of there by the end of the meal. Like, I was like, okay. And, you know, that's just, you know, a lot of my personal anxiety, I'm sure, about the whole deal. But, yeah, right. I totally get it. Well, man, I'm glad you guys had a good time. It was a great time. <laughs> you know I love some theme parks and I love some Disney, so. Yeah. I've, I'm, my, I was fortunate enough that my dad took me to Disney a couple times as a kid. And so I, I knew what I was, you know, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, when we went to Disney in 2018, that was my first time at Disney since I was a kid, like Liam's age. When yeah. The last time we went to Disney with my family, my sister was a baby, like maybe a year old, you know? Oh, wow. So, like, I remember being at, like, one of the Disney character breakfasts or whatever, where, yeah. like, Mickey and Minnie and Donald are there, and I was stoked. Yeah. I was like... I'm gonna get to meet my dude Donald Duck at breakfast. Bacon and Donald Duck make it happen. And Amanda flipped out when Donald Duck came up to the table. Terrified. Oh my goodness. But like I said, you know, she's probably like a year old. And she's yeah. seeing a giant anthropomorphic fucking duck with no pants. She's like, why is this motherfucker not wearing pants? Put some pants on this duck, y'all. My goodness. Um, so yeah. So you weren't here last week to talk about episode two of the Bad Batch. So why don't you fill us in real quick on what you thought about the second episode? 
Um, I thought it was really good. You know, um, it's the one where what happens? Give me a. Uh, it's the one yeah. where they go to the planet and meet up with Cut Laquane. He's um, got the family. Yes. He's got his own little family, and you know he's like a not reformed clone, but he quit uh, quite obviously. He was a deserter, like a deserter. You might not remember it because it's it's like a single episode. It's not like an arc in the Clone Wars, but he actually appeared in a season two episode of the Clone Wars. Yeah, where um, Rex and the crew run into him on a planet, and they're like, "You're a deserter," and he's like, "So what?" Like. I've, you know, I don't want to spend my rest rest of my life fucking fighting and stuff. So yeah, I deserted. You know, one of those whole deals. So it was, you know, it was a right. reoccurring character from an episode of the Clone Wars. But he tried to <laughs> give her away. You know, they tried yeah. to give away Omega. 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 Um, but you know, she's got to stay with them. She's one of them. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of talked about it with Steve last week. It's it's an inevitable storyline for this series, right? There was bound to be the episode where they're like, Hey, we can't take care of this kid. Like we are rough and tumble dudes. Like we're the bad batch. Like I'm just glad they got it out of the way early. See, that's okay. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Cause I almost felt like maybe they pulled the trigger a little too early on that idea no. because you get didn't have it out of the way and keep her on board. Right. I, I mean, I can get that, but you don't, I mean, and, and this is, <clears throat> it's fine if you don't, but I just feel like maybe it was a little early to be pulling that storyline out. Like it, maybe it would have been a little more impactful later on after she had spent some time with the group instead of like seemingly a See, couple of days later me, being like, hey, let's get rid of her. That's colder, you know, you spend time getting to know each other, like endearing to one another and then try to leave her behind. Like it just makes you seem like more of an asshole. Okay. I I got that. I like hearing that different perspective. Um, how's the animation quality holding up for you on this? I think it's really good. I, I mean, I can't too. complain at all. I think it's really good. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, the performances are great. <laughs> Yeah, D. Bradley Baker. And I'll tell you, this guy, ass off. the guy that um, that sets the scene, right? Like, um, oh, like the narrator. Oh, for well, yeah, Tom Kane. Tom Kane, that guy does all the voice work at Disney World. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, when you when you're hearing the Disney announcements, you're hearing that guy. That's cool. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um. All right, so let's talk about episode three replacements a little bit. Um. I thought this was a pretty strong episode, personally. Yeah, of um, course. It solidifies Crosshair's, I guess, full-on turn to the dark side. And I say the dark side, but like his embracing of leadership by tyranny. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it sort of uh, solidifies his his devotion to the new empire, right? Right. But I also feel like they're already set, setting the stage for him to turn back at some point because a couple I, of times in the I episode, yeah, a couple of times in the episode, like they kind Omega of Omega mentions 
It's not his fault. He's only doing what he's told. He can't help it. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I think that's pretty pretty clear foreshadowing. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a case of where, like, you know, something happens to his chip and he rejoins his team. Um, If I had to guess, it'll probably be more of that, that, you know, well well-worn star wars story idea of like sacrificing himself for the guy the other dudes in the bad batch when it comes down to it you know like there's gonna be a big moment when things click into place and he makes a sacrifice to save the other ones right well, Tech is working on an inhibitor chip scanner, right? Isn't he? Yeah, or something. He hasn't gotten that working yet, has he? Well, and it also makes me wonder, do you think it's a possibility that at some point we're going to see one of the other guys, Chip, go haywire and have and make them turn against the group? Um, it, um, I, th- I don't think you can do that twice. Right, And I think that's an important reason why he's creating the scanning piece of technology is to check all their chips out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that Crosshairs is the only one that's working. Yeah, and I wonder why that is. But Wrecker had that specific headache, but he got hit in the head, you know, and it was a reason to take him out of the story, you know, so that she could shine. Yeah, I, I, I kind of was wondering about Wrecker myself. Is that some sort of foreshadowing that something's going to go on with his chip that his chip is going to end up active i hope not and i hope again though i want them to square that away at some point yeah you know what i mean i don't want them to milk in that me neither and and if it is wrecker like because wrecker's my dude i'm gonna be honest with you here i like wrecker quite a bit but like if they do go with the storyline of like oh shit wrecker's chip activated i hope that it's like a one episode deal and not like a, well, now he's a bad guy too type of situation. Yeah. You know, I could definitely see that being the plot of an episode as Wrecker's chip goes haywire and then they've got to work together to figure out what to do. And maybe that then leads to them figuring out what to do with Crosshair even, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <sighs> I got to be honest with you. Like, I liked the Bad Batch portion of this episode, but I found the Crosshair new guy storyline stuff way more compelling. Great. Great, Great. stuff. I mean, like, I, I was not, you know, Crosshair was my least favorite member, so I, was, I wasn't I was extremely sad to see him be the villain. Thought that was a good idea. He'd make a good villain. Dude, like makes such a good villain that I don't, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to make him good again, because that's good. Yeah. Like that's a really, he's good. Yeah. And, and, and like, I really like the, you know, we haven't gotten to know them very much, but I like the group of replacements or whatever the, I guess they're some of the first people conscripted into yeah, the first conscripts into the empire. Like or I, the first elites. Yeah. Conscripts. Yeah. I, I really thought that was cool. And like, you know, I thought it was interesting that we're we're revisiting the Saul Guerrero stuff. And, you know, obviously, I think the big, like, oh, shit moment of the episode comes when they have the um, the civilians that have surrendered who don't have information about where Saul is. <coughs> and 
Crosshair wants to execute him and the rest of the group doesn't. And he kills right. the one guy and then forces the other ones to execute those people. Yeah, that's a dark move. That is a dark move and, and I would say unexpectedly dark for animation, you know? Yeah. Like I know, you know, with Star Wars animation, a lot of the times, not always, you know, I, I would say... They know when to draw the curtain. Yeah, yeah. And well, like, you know, <clears throat> there were... There were elements of rebels that were, you know, <laughs> clearly a little more aimed at a younger audience. But on the other hand, you also had the Inquisitor, like, beheading Imperial officers and stuff, right? In the first, I think that was the first season. And then, you know, I would say Resistance as a whole probably skewed quite a bit younger. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, it was. I still found it pretty. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe they did that." <clears throat> but uh, like a really cool sort of dark moment, and like to see them take it that far, even though it wasn't that far. Let's be honest here. Um, I found it pretty impressive. Yeah, I thought so too. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when that group faces off with the Bad Batch, because you know that's that's where it's leading eventually. Yes, of course. Now I the anti party. Yeah, I did like the stuff with the Bad Batch and with Hunter and Omega tracking down the power converter or whatever fuck that part was that the the Moon Dragon stole. Like I mm-hmm. thought that was fine. Like you know, I wasn't like wow that stuff was great. I thought it was good, but I just found the other other storyline more compelling. Um, I'll be honest with you, I still don't quite understand why there at the end the creature backed off of Omega and went for was it because the flashlight had more like what it's was, a he mentioned it this the species consumes raw power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the species consumes power. So she threw the flashlight, which was had power for consumption. So she figured out that the beast didn't like light. It was the fact that she was shining the light on it that was making it all pissed off. Okay. Okay. I guess I didn't really get that, but okay. All right. I can I can dig that. I can live with that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, I thought it was a strong episode. I'm um she used her head instead of the blaster. Mhm. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how this series progresses. Like right now, it kind of seems like not necessarily monster of the week, but planet of the week. Like what planet and what adventure are the bad batch getting up to this? Well, they're on the run. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to confront that eventually. I imagine that's, you know, crosshairs. Um, let me see. Oh, I mean, come on. I really like the, the moment when Wrecker, uh, made the room for Omega. Like, come on. That's, that's a good moment right there. I feel like from here to the end, till the crosshair reckoning, they're pretty much the A team. Yeah, there's a lot of like A team comparison going on with the Bad Batch, and I think that's totally fine and totally justified. I did not even know that. Oh yeah, but I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Like yeah, right. <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd be really surprised if if you talk to somebody that was involved in the show and. 
asked them if there was any A-team influence, and they were like, no, not at all. I'd be like, well, you're a liar. <laughs> you're just a straight-up liar, so can't trust anything you say. <laughs> so I wanted uh, to touch on one thing real quick before we head on to voicemails and emails, and that is there is a... Um, something floating around online i guess it's some <sighs> crew stickers or something from the book of boba fett um, interesting and one's for like the art department and one is for i guess the creature department or something like that um you know that's that's the kind of stuff they do on these productions and then they end up being um sort of sought out after collector's items like you know one of my holy grail collector's items is any of the blue harvest stuff from the production of return of the jedi there's like a windbreaker a hat and then a crew patch prohibitive prohibitively it's very expensive <laughs> um no it's the book of boba fett camera department and ad department right and something interesting is the AD department sticker. It has the Book of Boba Fett logo, which we've seen. And then under it, it says Season 1. Now, I mean... Does that mean there's going to be multiple seasons? That is the question, my friend. And, you know, I don't know if it's just the nature of some of the Disney Plus stuff. You know how, like clearly wandavision and maybe even falcon and the winter soldier were sort of meant to be mini series not continuing series like they're both they both seem to be spinning off into movies after their series like wandavision is spinning off into doctor strange and you know there's been reports that they're working on a fourth captain america movie with sam sam wilson right right which is really cool, but this is the first time, as far as I can remember, that I've heard any mention of this being season one of the Book of Boba Fett. <clears throat> and, you know, even if they, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, I guess that doesn't mean it's not possible that it's still, you know, the fact that this Some, sometimes on these streaming things, it's like they give a season one to every everything, like, yeah. Even if it's not meant to have multiple seasons, but since it's a sticker, I, it doesn't make me think that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and it could always turn out to be that, like, you know, they've they're leaving it open for season two, but maybe they don't pull the trigger on it or anything. But uh, I gotta say, seeing seeing that stupid sticker say season one got me fucking unreasonably Ooh. hyped. Ooh. <laughs> so. <clears throat> yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because it's it's Book of Boba Fett news. And, you know, we're probably, if I had to guess, about four to five months away from seeing some Book of Boba Fett footage. Mm, really? At the latest. They seem to, you know, uh, if past history is anything to go on, seem to start promoting mandalorian in the past two seasons around the fall you know um leading into the season coming out in november and with book of boba fett coming out in december maybe it'll be a little later so 
<laughs> I'll take any news where I can get it, is what I'm saying. Right. All right, you want to hear from some friends, some moisture farmer buddies? I would like to, yeah. All right, let's jump into that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. Stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Lou Herb, cockhead, Harsberger, cockhead, Will Witt, cockhead, Goose Paint, cockhead, G Money, cockhead, King Tom, cockhead, Joe. All righty. Hey, if you guys would like to send in a voicemail or an email, um, it's easy enough to do. Just send it in to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, maybe you'll hear yourself on the show or you'll hear us read your email. Uh, first up, we got one from our good buddy, the king of all Toms, Tom Chansky. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Hey there, Hawes and Will. So I was watching the original Star Wars the other day. And you know the part when Darth Vader first shows up on the Tantive 4 The music goes, dun, 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 or something like that. And, and I, I have a soft spot for all those early music cues. But I was thinking, you know, if Star Wars was made today... Of course, that would be the Imperial March. And I'm kind of glad, to be honest with you, that in all the special edition changes, George didn't go and tell Johnny Williams, hey, we're we're in the Imperial March a few places, especially when Darth Vader first shows up. I'm really glad that didn't happen. But I was thinking, you know, if Star Wars was made today, um, you know, they, they... that would be totally different. And then that got me, that got my mind just going. What if Star Wars didn't come out in 1977? What if it, you know, was developed as a trilogy and was released in, in 2021? How would it be different? And there were all sorts of things that just popped out to me about how these movies would look and feel and tell a totally different story if it was made today. And I, I was wondering if, if you guys have ever had the same thoughts. And um, if you could come up with, with one way for each of the OT movies about how they would be different, I, I will give you mine. Um, a New Hope, there would be a, they would lean into the whole Clone Wars thing a lot more. Um, they would, you know, that would come up a few more times. They might even be, you know, direct hints in the movie that the, the stormtroopers are clones. Um, in Empire, I think they would have a huge fight scene. Um, they would show Darth Vader landing on Hoth and basically him, you know, Rogue One, take out a whole bunch of, you know, rebel soldiers. And then in Return of the Jedi, uh, there would definitely be at least one sassy Ewok. 
maybe two or three. I mean, yeah, Wicket had a little bit of an attitude, but there would be one one Ewok that could speak basic and would be talking back to the rebels the whole time. But th- those are just my ideas. I'd like to know if you if that's something you know you've ever thought of or what your ideas for that would be. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Ooh, this is a good question. I I have a vague memory of me and you having similar conversations to this. I, Will I don't remember that, but. I cannot say Um, how glad I am that that didn't happen. So Uh, (laughs) one thing I I wanted to add before we get to the the meat of his question is I don't remember when this was. Maybe it was uh, early 2000s, maybe in between um, the release of Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. But I remember vividly reading rumors on one of the internet rumor websites back in the day. I don't know if it was like ain't it cool news or dark horizons or, you know, one of those type of places. But I remember there being a rumor going around that there was going to be essentially a special, special edition a further special editioning of the original trilogy. And that, you know, some of the things would be, like King Tom said, incorporating the Imperial March into A New Hope. Uh, I think one of them was redoing the fight between Obi-Wan and uh, Vader in A New Hope. Um, and maybe it was even, there were even rumors of like reincorporating the bigs on Tatooine stuff, the deleted scene stuff from A New Hope. Um, clearly that never came to be. And I don't know, you know, I, I almost feel like one of the rumors in that was that they were going to replace the hologram of the emperor from empire strikes back with Ian McDermott, which they did eventually. So I don't know if there was some nugget of truth to that, or if it was just lucky guesses, you know? But I do yeah. have a, a, a memory of that being a rumor at some point. <clears throat> um, as far as what I think the 2021 version of the Star Wars trilogy would look like, like, I think, like, I think King Tom nailed a lot of it. You know, I think the, the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader and A New Hope would be, you know. Nuts. It would be nuts. It would not just be in that one confined location. Um, you know, it, it would be a lot more over the top. Um, I think, you know, I think you would see a, definitely a different editing style to the movie, to all of the movies, right? Um I don't know. I feel like they probably would have worked in like one soft curse word somewhere like an ass or a shit. You know, like we talked about a few weeks ago how like Falcon and the Winter Soldier seemed to have like a shit quota. Like yeah. it seemed like they were allowed a, a shit or two an episode. Mm-hmm. Um uh and and I think I think like the scale of everything would have just been the stakes yeah well 
you know, just bigger in general. So, like, I think the the Yavin fight, uh, you know, against the Death Star, there would probably have been about 10 times as many X-Wings and Y-Wings and TIE Fighters, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you would have saw, like, Luke blowing up, like, 40 TIE Fighters before he made his, you know, trench his run. run. Yeah. You know, I think, like, the Battle of Hoth, there would have been, like, hundreds of AT-ATs and snow speeders, you know, um, sassy Ewok. And Darth Vader would have just been walking through all of it, whipping ass. Like, yes. He would have been walking on top of the snow, whipping anything in, in sight, you know. Yeah, I think King Tom did a really good, like a really smart pull of Vader at the end of Rogue One. Like, that's what Vader would have been like through the entire trilogy. Right, if that was made today. Yeah, that's like a killing machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I kind of feel like... Um, they're probably... You know, like... And it goes back more to, like I was saying, about the editing style. I don't think you would have spent as much time in the quieter moments uh, during the... Like, in between the faster-paced stuff in the... Um, the asteroid chase and stuff, you know, with, mm -hmm. with Han and Leia. Even the new Star Wars movies don't sizzle in the slow spots the way the old ones do. No, no. In fact, I think if you, you watch the editing style of the newer Star Wars movies, you can kind of see what the original trilogy would have looked like if it was made today. Just boom, 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 right? It would have been a roller coaster ride. You know, I, I think you would probably have a lot more lightsaber action in pretty much any of them. A you lot know. more martial arts in your fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Kicking and flipping and dashing and running. and Return of the Jedi. The only thing I can think of that they would have maybe done in Return of the Jedi is leave it a little more open for a sequel. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there would have been something left open for further <clears throat> stuff that, you know, hinted. And there probably would have been post-credit scenes on every single one of them. And there'd be some sort of environmental take. Like the Empire would be destroying the Ewoks and like habitat or something. Yeah. There'd be a Fern Gully aspect if it was made today. You know what I mean? Like, <coughs> yeah, I can kind of see that too. Message. Um, and, and, like, I just feel like, you know, uh, like, I think Boba Fett probably would have had a bigger role. Oh, yeah. Right? There would have been a setup for Boba Fett to have his own movie if he had pulled oh, good yeah. enough, you know, in the numbers. Mm hmm What do you think? Uh, do you have any other ideas that you could see um, being incorporated I mean, into I the 2020? I just think it would be completely cheesy. Like, I just cannot say. I'm so glad that it didn't happen, you know, like, well, you know, that I don't... way, but... I don't know that it necessarily would be cheesy because I like the new Star Wars movies, but the new Star Wars movies are built off the old Star Wars movies, right? So yeah, you can't but, even yeah. really... It's hard to imagine the birth of Star Wars in 2021. And, you know, honestly, there's not a lot of new franchises nowadays, you know? A lot of stuff is is stuff that's already been established. Like, you could say, like, 
you know, the MCU was the, you know, with the first Iron Man movie <laughs> was the birth of a, of a new franchise. In a way it was, but it was also <clears throat> coming off of a lot of really successful Marvel-related movies, Spider-Man, yeah. X-Men, so on and so forth, right? So even that wasn't necessarily something completely new. So yeah, I don't know, man. Um, interesting to think about, though. Interesting to think about. It's interesting. All right. Uh, and next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Jim. Let's hear what he says. Good evening, Halls and Will. Uh, congratulations on your 300th again. Uh, excellent live stream. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I wanted to ask about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so... Revenge of the Sith was 20 years ago. This is based 10 years after after Revenge of the Sith. So he'll be like perfect. Ewan McGregor should look just right because they aged him up a little bit in Revenge of the Sith. So uh, I think that he's going to look just right naturally. However, it won't look like it's eight years before New Hope. So I do think they're going to have him have that experience they're going to age him i do believe and i can't i'm trying to think of what experience it would be and the media meet up with vader i'm trying to figure out how that would be and it would make sense if on some mental plane uh they met up and you know not in person and perhaps had a fight um and maybe that's how we get the visual but maybe it's going to be too much for him and that's what makes him age uh, suddenly. But I think they're going to have to show it. I don't think they're going to have him look like it's just eight years till New Hope episode one. It just doesn't seem to make sense. They're, they're not going to cover up that pretty face. But I wanted to know what you guys think of it. Uh, and also, what are the chances of Cad Bane showing up? Because he was kind of uh, a big thorn in Obi-Wan's side. So, all right, guys. Ignite the green. Ooh, is he... Do you think he goes shirtless? Do you think Obi-Wan goes shirtless? Yeah. I'm just asking. I mean, we, we can hope ben so. Um, so part of me, if you want me to be completely honest, part of me makes me I do wonder if they're just not going like they're just gonna be like, yeah, eight to nine years later, whatever it is, he looks like Alec Guinness. That's just what it is. Living on Tatooine is hard, you know. I mean, there he hit he hit a certain age, you know, like he looked good until fifty eight, mm. you know, and then he looked seventy. Um, and then the other part of me thinks they might do something a little more subtle, like you know, maybe they add some gray at, at his temples, you know what I mean, or throughout his hair, you know, um, maybe they do Watching, do some uh... some makeup stuff. I'm not saying to like you know full on. Uh, Steve Rogers at the end of <laughs> Endgame makeup, old guy makeup, but something you know. Is, to... that, is that actual Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame? Yeah, that's Chris I mean, is Evans. That actually, Chris Evans. Yeah, because I thought they had gotten a different actor to play old. Nope, old Captain America. That's Chris Evans. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <clears throat> so yeah, I I don't think so. Like you know, when when Jim was talking. The thing that came to mind, and I definitely don't think they're going to do this. That's that's what I'm saying is, you know how in Revenge of the Sith, they melted Palpatine's face 
to make him look like Palpatine in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see something like that, right? I don't think we're going to see something happen on screen to explain why he looks different. I think they'll just do some subtle makeup stuff that, to make Ewan McGregor look a little older than he does in real life, but not over the top and definitely nowhere near Alec Guinness level. And I think they'll probably just, like I said, just leave it as it is. And they'll be like, yeah, just however, eight, nine years later, that's what he looks like. Just deal with it. You got Ewan McGregor back playing Obi-Wan. Stop asking so many questions. Yeah, right. So that's kind of what I think they'll do. I, I just don't. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, I know it's a constant question and it's a bit of a meme. You know, people like to meme on it a little bit. Um, about how, like, you know, he went from looking like Ewan McGregor in episode three to 19 years later looking like Alec Guinness. Like, but that's just, that's just the way it is, I guess, you know? Um, so... Uh, and, uh, I don't really see him addressing it further than that. What do you think, buddy? It's like you said, you know, just be glad you got it. It's one of those things where, you know, you're like, oh, you want us to wait another 10 years to make sure he looks old enough? Like, shut the fuck up. You know, just enjoy that. Enjoy that. We have this here for you. Yeah. And I, I don't think like, you know, I don't even think that like, Obviously, I don't think Jim has any problem with it. It didn't sound like he did at all. I just think I'm not saying him. I'm just yeah. talking, you know, the people that would, you know, are worried about when the age lines up. You know, just yeah. I mean, enjoy and, the story. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that's going to come up. You know, and and that's fine. But I just, I personally don't see. It's one of those things where you don't have to explain everything. Just let it be. You know. I would prefer them let it be than him be like, oh, no, I use so much force power in my rematch with Darth Vader that I my look. My hair went white. <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader my gave me. salt and pepper now white. <laughs> Darth Vader gave me an awful frightening and it turned my hair white. And, oh, I ate some bad bantha meat and it aged me five years. <clears throat> Next up, we've got a voicemail from Utah. 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 Sheesh. Dougie. Let's hear what he has to say. This is Dougie. I don't want to cause too much heartache or controversy, uh, but what if at the end of the book of Boba Fett, or Mando Season 2, or something like that, Boba Fett heroically gets killed, or sacrifices himself, and passes along Slave 1 to Mando. Uh, Thoughts? Mic drop. See ya. Oh, Dougie, you're hurting me. Oh, you know what? Let's put a pause, because him mentioning Boba Fett. Uh, reminded me Jim's other question Cad Bane appearing in Obi-Wan I'm down for it I it's not that I'm not down for it I kind of feel like if Cad Bane's going to show up in any of these live action properties it might be most appropriate in Book of Boba Fett right they've they've run together before there's that whole unproduced 
uh, Clone Wars arc where Boba killed Cad Bane. So I just it, to me that's the one that makes more sense than Obi Wan. I feel like Obi Wan, with it being a limited series with you know only a handful of episodes, and you've already got Vader and whoever else is involved, maybe it, there's not enough room for Cad Bane to be involved. Anyways, <laughs> the question about Boba Fett potentially dying. So, it's inevitable that eventually they're going to have to kill off the character Boba Fett. Whether that happens on screen or off screen, everybody's favorite character has to die eventually. They can't, they can't Ahsoka themselves out of every difficult situation, you know? Yeah. So, I, I don't really know. Like, when Boba Fett has to go, I hope it's heroic as fuck. And if it is some kick-ass self-sacrifice moment where, you know, he does something for the greater good or for this. You're going to have to show me what means something to Boba Fett first. You know, like. Yes. I know he has a code of honor, but that's it. That's all I really know so far right. about and this, Boba Fett. And that, this is the perfect opportunity to do that, right? The book of Boba Fett. He's getting his own show. So now. As we talked about a few minutes ago with this whole idea of maybe there'll be multiple seasons, then, yeah, like, you know what I would prefer? I'd prefer that we get a couple of seasons of Book of Boba Fett, we get a couple more seasons of Mando, we get Ahsoka, and then they do the big uh, culminating event that they were talking about in the the Disney presentation last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that's when. Maybe that's a good time to send Boba Fett off into the sunset, the big final event. Maybe he makes some kind of grand sacrifice and whatever conflict that turns out to be, whether it's, you know, taking back Mandalore or fighting against Thrawn. It almost feels like to me, and I could be quite off base here, but it feels like to me that on Disney Plus, they're building almost a live action Star Wars show version of the MCU with the Mando, right? Instead of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's the Mando Cinematic Universe, right? Because we're getting, you know, Mandalorian and a couple of spinoff shows, and there's rumors of even more spinoff shows from those spinoff shows. And to me, it seems like they're setting up Thrawn to be the their equivalent of Thanos, the big bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and then and like this whole Mando thing, all the shows converge into one big event, them going up against Thrawn, like that sounds sick to me. And if that's what leads to saying goodbye to Boba Fett, like as long as they do it in a cool way, like my whole thing about bringing in Boba Boba Fett back is is I'm trying not to be too selfish about it. Like you know what I mean. I don't need Boba Fett in every Star Wars thing. I'm getting him back. He's getting his own show. I'm cool. You know what I mean? So, um, when the time comes, long as they do it well, give him a good send-off, I'll be okay with it. I'll be bummed. But the time comes for everybody, you know? I mean, how many fucking characters did I love that I had to watch fucking die on Lost, you know? Yeah, talk about for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> for real. <clears throat> All right. Um. Next up, we got a voicemail, or not a voicemail, an email from Mr. 100, Kobe. 
Hey, Halls and Will, just wanted to start by saying the 300th episode live stream was a blast last week. I hope it wasn't too challenging so we could see some more every now and then. So before I even start with my question, I have to ask, did you guys ever realize that Elon Musk is in Iron Man 2? I don't know if I'm just blind or what, but I'm re-watching all the, mono, the Marvel movies in chronological order, and I was watching Iron Man 2, and Tony just walks up to him and is like, hey, Elon, that just blew my mind a little, I don't know. I'm sure King Tom will enjoy that. I also listened to some of the Van Weezer album, and I would love to hear what King Tom thinks of it. King Tom, there you go. You got a prompt. Phil Kobe in on your next voicemail. Uh, I did realize Elon was in uh, Iron Man 2, but only because, much like Kobe, I've been rewatching all the Marvel movies. So I, I rewatched Iron Man 2 not that long ago. That is neat. Anyways, here's my question. So I remember a picture going around a while back, and instead of explaining it, I'll just show it to you. Ooh, I need to send you this picture, Will. Uh, one for my collection <laughs> um, so now that you have one of these in mind imagine the picture above that you're looking at as it, as it as the template the rules are you get $15 but you can have as many characters as you can afford the only catch is that whoever you, pick, you don't pick is trying to kill you and whoever you do pick is who is going to be defending you good luck gentlemen so you've probably seen one of these pictures, Will, and I'm sure our listeners too. It's like you have $15 to draft the best team to defeat the first order. Who do you choose? And it's it's like tiers. There's $5 characters. It's like Obi-Wan, Yoda, Mace, Luke, Anakin, $4 characters, Leia, Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, Rey, Dooku, $3 characters, Han, Boba, Lando, Akbar, Poe Dameron, so, far, so on and so forth, right? Right. <clears throat> so, you got to pick your $15 team, Will, from these characters. Um, I'm going to go with um, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Mace Windu. Almost whoa. Three, five. You're just getting... And so, those three characters have to defend you from the other characters. Yep. I think you're you're not in a bad spot. That's I a, put my life in their hands. That's not bad. So I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go Luke Skywalker for $5. Ray Skywalker for $4. That's $9 total. Come on. I'm going Boba Fett for $3. That's $12. I got three more dollars to spend. Chewy. And I need a dollar character. BB-8. I think that's a solid squad. That's a solid squad, to be honest. You got a lot of bases covered there that I don't. I think there's a solid squad. I'd be happy with that squad. That I actually had some trouble with that $1 tier because like, I would pick Jar Jar because that motherfucker just has unbelievable luck. luck. He's got force luck. I would pick Max Rebo because like, maybe you just need some dude. like You know how you see the Revolutionary War pictures everybody needs a bard and yeah and there's like just a motherfucker playing the drums on the battlefield like why could all right next up we have an email from sam he says howdy halls and will congratulations on the 300th show that was a blast to watch and i can't wait for the next 300 episodes 
Now that vaccines are rolling out and we're slowly getting our microchips, are you two planning on heading out to Galaxy's Edge at some point? I got the chance to go during the cast preview a few years ago, and I loved it. I would love a chance to ride Rise of the Resistance. If you had the chance to design a new ride, a new restaurant with a new menu, and a new merchandise item, what would they be? Also, how do you think they could ever change the theming of Galaxy's Edge to a different era? I can't wait to hear what your thoughts on this are, and keep up the great work. Best wishes. Sam, Ooh, talk about a timely email, my dude. All right, let's 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 cover this first. Uh, if you had to design a new ride for Star Wars Land, what would it be, Will? A new ride for Star Wars Land. Hmm. Um. I just. I. It would be kind of like a. Uh, it would be ridiculous, but it would be like a, it would be a show that you had to be strapped into. There used in Tomorrowland, and there used to be this alien ride, right? Like there was this alien in this tube, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it would accidentally get out, and you could feel it breathing behind you and brushing past your legs and stuff, oh, like shit. a like an experience. <clears throat> and that would be cool to have, like a I don't know, like a little Star Wars zoo guy, but he's real incompetent and lets everything out of the cage, and you can feel it, you know, or, or uh, in in the room, that's really cool, dude. Writing the, uh, writing the, I kept telling Liam it was like writing dragons. I forget what they're called in Avatar, but that shit, oh, that was you, amazing. You got to ride uh, the flight of the whatever that you yeah. uh, at uh, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. How is Animal Kingdom? I've never been there. It's good. It's huge. It's the largest park by size, but. Probably has the least amount of rides and stuff, but it's cool. But it's you, also a like a zoo, ride. right? Like, yeah, it's kind of like a zoo, yeah. <clears throat> um, A new ride. So they kind of got a big, to me, they got a big base covered with being able to pilot the Millennium Falcon, right? Um, right. And then Rise of the Resistance. So what would be a really cool ride? Like, I feel like th- between those two and Star Tours, which Star Tours covers so many different Star Wars experiences. Yeah. Um, I was just going for something that's not in a ship, you know, because that's like the ob- I was trying to subvert expectations. You know, honestly, the one thing I think would be cool would be some kind of mix of all the rides, right? Where you have the Rise of the Resistance type deal with the really cool uh animatronics and stuff plus a bit of interactive stuff from the um uh millennium falcon ride if you could have star wars laser guns and have interactive animatronics that's what i was gonna say what you need to do yeah is add in that buzz light year element where there's you get a, a an E11 blaster or whatever when you sit down in your cart and it keeps your score and you can shoot stormtroopers and things like that or like you know like maybe you shoot at Kylo Ren or Darth Vader or, or whoever and they could ricochet the laser blast out back at your cart and it felt like you got hit by the laser blast and stuff yeah that's what i think i would do <clears throat> and you know i think that new Nintendo world that they have at Universal Studios in Osaka 
the Mario Kart ride there is not VR, like you're actually in a ride, but it's AR, augmented reality, oh, where you wow. put the the goggles on and it projects stuff in front of you. So you're seeing the real world plus, you know, digitally created stuff. Right. Like maybe add an element of that in. And, and cool. Star Wars, whew, that would be cool. Now, what about a restaurant? Oh, a restaurant? <laughs> Uh, 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 dude, it, it, any kind of Star Wars restaurant would be cool, you know, like in, anywhere from from food stand, from like, you know, outdoor market to fine dining it would be amazing. Like, yeah, and, and you know, they've got, I don't know, at least a couple of restaurants already in Galaxy's Edge besides the Cantina. Um, I think it would be cool. If they took a little bit of that Uncle George influence and did like a Attack of the Clones 50 style diner. Right? That'd be cool. Um, I think that could be real cool. Um, but, you know, Star Warsy, Like make it like the, the diner, Dex's diner from Attack of the Clones. Even have Dex yeah. there. Dex moved to Batu. Um, and what was the. You could one? call it the Clone Diner, and there could be a bunch of clones in there. Yeah. And new merchandise item. Ooh, merchandise item is tough because I feel like so much stuff is um, like, you know, Star Wars ain't afraid to merchandise the hell out of something. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of a, a Star Wars merchandising item that they haven't done yet. I'll have to keep thinking on that. Um and, all right, his last question is, how do you think they could change the theme <clears throat> for other eras? Now, this is something I think maybe wouldn't be that difficult, right? Like, What I was going to say is that th it's not really era-specific. Uh, it's just Star Wars. Uh, you know, the Galaxy's Edge is very Star Wars-y. Yeah, you but, know, like, it, what I think he means is, like, you know, you're not going to run into Darth Vader. You're going to run into Kylo Ren. You're not going to oh, okay. run into like Luke or Leia. You're going to run into Ray. Like you got to see Ray and Chewie, right? You that they were out when you were FaceTiming me. Right, right. So I think it's easy enough like if they wanted to, you know, have special events, yeah, for the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, you know, you could you could definitely do up the clone armors instead of the first order trooper or the regular stormtrooper instead of the first order trooper. Um, and one thing I will say from what I understand, I think the millennium Falcon ride is similar to star tours in that they have different experiences for it in the mm. works are already programmed. Like I think the, the, as it stands now, you're on a, um, a mission for Hondo, um, um, stealing fuel like the what is it the coaxium is that the fuel mm -hmm. from solo yeah <clears throat> so that would be one way right to to switch up the errors is change the 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 game you play on the millennium falcon ride and what i really hope they do is it's that they do change up the theming uh, a little bit as star wars goes on when we start getting new movies set in different errors and stuff like change it up as much as you can i think they will to keep it fresh and stuff mm -hmm. um but i i don't think it would be that hard honestly <clears throat> 
All right. Uh, next up, we've got an email. We got two more emails, and then we'll call it a night. And this is from Hannah. She says, "Hi, Halls and Will. Wish I could have caught the live stream for your 300th episode. I started a new job that's really kicking my ass, and I didn't have time to check it out, but really enjoyed listening today when I had the chance to catch up. Just wanted to say hello and add my congratulations to you on episode 300. I've been listening for years now, and like everyone else who called in, you and your podcast bring me so much joy every week." I'm so glad I randomly searched Star Wars in my streaming app and found you. If you had to choose a climate on Earth, or maybe a specific place on Earth, even a city, for a new Star Wars movie to take place in, without people, just the the backdrop, where would it be? For me, it would be Olympic National Park here in Washington. Star Wars in the forest is special to me, so I'd love to see more of that, and the idea of Jedi fighting on rainy beaches with the waves crashing in the background, I see you, the rise of Skywalker, would be really cool. Or some character sliding down a glacier, dodging blaster fire? Yes, please. Much love, and may the force be with you, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. Um, What do you think, Will? What's a place on Earth, climate, situation, that you'd like to see be the um, <clears throat> backdrop for a Star Wars location? It's hard to say because I know it's been done, but like, I don't know. Um, I like the volcanic ones, you know, like, I like the, uh, not necessarily, uh, Mustafar, but like Hawaii, maybe like mm-hmm. Island volcanic Polynesian Island. That, Yeah. That could be cool. You know, that's the thing is Star Wars has covered so many different environments, yeah. you know? I can't, I don't want to say forest or desert, you know, because. Definitely not deserts. <laughs> you know, been done. I mean, I don't need the open sea necessarily. Like the the highlands, the Scottish highlands would be cool. It would just be wet, you know, wet and mountainy. Yeah, you know, like. trying to think of I'm actually trying to search for it I've been watching a lot of um, Japanese travel stuff lately like a, a desert river like the Nile would be cool yeah you know like what I was thinking is sort of like the Japanese Alps like mm-hmm. mountainous areas in Japan like that's definitely got a bit of a, a different vibe than I feel like we've seen in Star the mountains Wars. in Japan are very different. Yeah, it's a, the way the island, you know, um, ge- geological features. You know, I think you could get some, some definitely some cool stuff going on there. Um, some giant, uh, like southwestern United States mega structures, like in the desert. You know, some of those big, like Devil's Butte, and some of those huge structures out there. Yeah, I you know I feel like if you, if you had to do another desert location in in um, um, in Star Wars, I feel like that would probably be the best approach to it, right? right. And like you know, sort of that rainy Pacific Northwest type situation. I don't know that we've really we've definitely seen rainy in Star Wars, but not that specific vibe right yeah the closest we've had is the jungle 
of uh, Endor. You know, rainy, jungly. Yeah, and even that wasn't that rainy, right? Like, did yeah? I mean, not that you know, not that we saw, but there are giant redwoods. You know, you would think <laughs> yeah. it would take a lot of rain. There's definitely rain involved somewhere for sure. So yeah, I think I think some of those could be really, really cool. Um, and you know, like, I don't know, like, <clears throat> I like the jungle ruins. You know, mm-hmm. just to be honest, mm-hmm. the the base on Yavin Four, I think, mm-hmm. the one that's in like an old the Masasi Temple. Yes, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. And you know, give me a ruin. Yeah, yeah, and it's got like almost that Indiana Jones vibe going on. Mm-hmm. And I was watching, like, I was watching the making of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? And one of the things they were talking about is how they redressed, you know, almost this sort of random alley in Atlanta to look like Madripoor when, you know, when they went to Madripoor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that makes me think, like, wouldn't it be cool if they went somewhere with some nice history and texture, like, say, like New Orleans, and redressed some part of New Orleans to be in the Star Wars universe. Couldn't you see that being cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, they did that for Canto Bight in The Last Jedi. They went to Dubrovnik, which I believe is in Croatia. I could be wrong about that. Um, and just redressed the location. So <clears throat> something like that could even be cool. All right. We got one more email. And it says, <laughs> I like the, okay, so I guess I need to fill you in on this. Well, last week when Steve was on, I was telling him about how sometimes when Dave Filoni and John Favreau were doing like promotional interviews and clips and stuff for the first season of Mandalorian, it looked like they just got finished smoking a joint. Mm-hmm. Well, this says in regards to a high Filoni. It says, hey, Halls and Will, four-year moisture farmer here, but first-time emailer. Just listen to episode 301, where you mentioned Filoni seeming high as hell on Skywalker episode, Skywalker Ranch episode of The Chef So. I actually worked on that episode and thought the same thing in person. (laughs) (laughs) I pretty much said, nice loft wolf shirt, then said something about how being short sucks when quickly adjusting the lights. He awkwardly laughed, said yeah, then scratched his head. Thus ended my Dave conversation. I did get to ride around on cool Skywalker branded bikes shuttling gear around the property. I had no idea the small lake on the land is called Ewok Lake, and man did I raid that gift shop. Saw Lucasfilm related props and the crew got to eat some leftovers. Best day of my career thus far. Sure, buddy, do you know how crazy I would go in the fucking Skywalker Ranch gift shop. Oh, I would go ham baloney. I would be in debt. He would be like, <laughs> you know what? Let me just, you tell me how much for the shop. Yeah. The whole shop. One, just I'd be like, everything. you know, when Action Bronson goes to a restaurant and he's like, I want one of everything. That would be me at the Skywalker gift shop. Just give me one of everything. Extra large. Uh, just wanted to tell you guys my seemingly high Dave and Skywalker ranch experience. Love the hell of the podcast, and I look forward to hearing you guys dork out weekly. Keep it the fuck up, Connor. P.S. I know Hall's pr- 
probably doesn't listen to much extreme, incredibly weird metal, but I do a, do co-host a mostly underground metal slash hardcore noise podcast named From Corners Unknown. We constantly nerd out on random video game tangents and meme on post-grunge classics. Scott Stapp. Much to my co-host dismay, I bring up Star Wars and or Lord of the Rings in each episode. I'm subscribing right now. Good man. Good From man. Corners Unknown. I'm checking that shit out for sure. It's going to fucking clue me, right in, clue me in on some new metal bands. For, for once, I can clue Steve in on a metal band. I'm like, Steve, have you ever heard of this? From Corners Unknown. Yep, found it. Subscribed. Connor, buddy, I'm checking your show out next week while I'm working. <clears throat> Man, that's an awesome story, buddy. Thanks for sending that in. I'm glad, uh, uh, you know, me and Steve weren't the only one that thought Dave had been partaking before he went to film that Chef Show episode. Got him. Got him. All right. Well, that does it for this week, buddy. I'm so glad to have you back. I'm glad you had an awesome time at um, at Disney. And uh, this was a fun one. It was. It was great. Um, all right, guys. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps out the visibility of the podcast. And you know what? It makes us feel nice. Uh, and if you haven't checked them out already and you dig our theme song, please be sure to check out Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And uh, we won't see you next week. Next week we're taking off, just as a reminder. But the week after, we'll be back and we'll be talking about episodes four and five of The Bad Batch. And until then, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhardt. No, I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.